0: I don't know about you, but I can only... I can only begin to imagine just how nervous you are standing on the start line at an Olympic event where you have a reasonable chance of being a gold medalist. It's one of those, isn't it? It's difficult to get your head round just how fast your heart would be beating, how dry your mouth would be, etc, etc. And yet one person who's done that, not once, but twice, once with spectacular results is my guest this afternoon, Andy Small. Now, Andy uh, won gold at uh, the recent Paralympics, and uh, he'd been to Rio before that, so he had a kind of idea what it might be like. But uh, we're going to find out from Andy right now just what it's like to stand on that start line—not stand, sorry. <laughs> I'm used to this. Uh, he was on the whe- on the start line in his wheelchair. Andy, good afternoon afternoon Dave how are you? I'm very very well my friend I've just made a big faux pas there because I just said that you were standing on the line at the Olympic uh, 100 meters, and of course you weren't standing on the line you were in your wheelchair well no I get what you
1: mean don't worry I mean I think if you said sort of wheeling to it it sounds it doesn't sound natural does it it sounds
0: strange (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've just been uh, saying to the listener I just wonder what it's like uh, at the start line there can you can you put into a couple of sentences just what was going through your head as the uh starting pistol is about to go
1: so i just sort of right went okay right well it's something i've done before so i'm, I'm going to get up there i'm going to get in position um and all i'm going to think about is just right let's get off and, and see what occurs
0: okay because um, you, you were at rio weren't you uh prior to that was it about five years ago you were there Yes, it was, yeah. Okay, and um, you finished, was it third, am I right? In, in, That's correct, In yeah. Rio, you did, right, okay. Um, yeah. But I mean, it doesn't matter how many times you're there, there's still, the heart must have been going ten to the dozen, your mouth must have been dry as a bone, and all that expectation on you. Um, is that- you know what, strangely, actually,
1: that wasn't the case. Really? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and you think, oh, gosh, you know, the, the weight of the, the things and everything. But no, actually, um, what you do instead, is you reframe that pressure and you go, right. Um, you go, okay, I'm pretty confident in what I can do instead.
0: And you just concentrate on you.
1: Yeah, you just concentrate on what you need to do. And then you can, you can worry about all that afterwards and go, oh, right, it's <laughs> quite big, isn't it?
0: <laughs> right okay and one of the things that f- that sort of fascinates me uh, and a, a question that it might be a bit strange i'm guessing if you're in the uh, hundred meters and if you're usain bolt i'm guessing that you, when you're running you can hear the other people running okay in a wheelchair am i am i right in thinking you can't hear what other people are doing
1: no I mean, obviously, you've got different va- people vying for positions and things, and people can overtake you. So you are—you do become aware slightly in your peripheral vision. Yeah. Um, at a point, but besides that, um, no, because you're so sort of focused. But a funny story about that, actually, the this time around. Um, so if you people you watch your slow-motion replay um there's a couple of two or three pushes towards the very end of it where i slow slightly and that's because um i had something happen i slipped and, and sort of it broke my focus and i could hear the commentary coming in yeah and i was like oh gosh this, this shouldn't be happening right so uh quickly kept my head down and then just kind of like pick up again but yeah
0: so you would have won by another a wheelchair length then had you not slipped
1: well, I mean, potentially, but that's, that's something you know we can sort of work on for the future. But I'm not, I'm not too fussed at that. Right. And um, what you see happen with a lot of us is sometimes we we bounce a lot, um, and that's because we're putting a lot of sort of effort and energy into training, into to transferring to power into the stroke. Got you. Um, and what happens is that almost acts like a piston movement sometimes. So you'll put so much effort in that you actually lift yourself
0: up. So. I mean, able-bodied runners use that thing where they glide, uh, Usain you saying bolt glides doesn't it? It just seems to float over the surface, and am, am I right in saying then that time where your, is it your front wheel, is not on the ground, that's, that's lost traction?
1: Yeah, it's almost, it's actually almost like a brake, so it'll be stopping your momentum.
0: Oh, okay. So the idea is to keep it nice and smooth, keep all three wheels on the ground?
1: Yeah, um, and then unfortunately, sometimes, sort of like different factors like wind and things can come into it, and you think, oh.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you, you managed to take all that on board, and you crossed the line in front. Um, just in that split second as you did that, what, what emotion was at the forefront of your mind?
1: It's very close between us both, anyway, and it, we sort of, uh, depending on the time, we sort of nearly edged each other out. And I thought I at the time, um, he had edged me out. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, and that's why you sort of see me look, going over and I'm, I'm sort of thinking, well, mm, maybe, and then I'm looking at the board. Um, yeah. And then there's that sort of um, Ahmed sort of shaking his head, so he sort of clocked it before I did.
0: Yeah. Um, um, I've watched the video of your, your parents and your family at home whilst whilst it was going on live and there was certainly no doubt in their mind that you'd done it because your dad set off like a whirling dervish he was all over the place wasn't he Uh,
1: it was wonderful to see do you see the excitement you know obviously you know these guys are some of my biggest the biggest supporters outside of my support team and they've been through all the ups and downs of the past five years so to see them react like that was wonderful
0: okay now andy small um had at the time another claim to fame because you were the lowest weight uh at the time of birth uh when you were born uh, of any live birth uh little baby weren't you you were is it one pound six ounces
1: yeah one pound six wow. sugar.
0: <gasps> and yet and yet all these years later here you are an olympic champion that's a story in itself andy
1: that you don't think about, but when you actually people say it back to you, like, yeah, that does sound
0: quite impressive, doesn't it? it, like, it absolutely it does. <laughs> um, one of the things I wanted to ask you was, when did you realise? At what point? At what age did you realise you were good at doing sprinting in a wheelchair? What? At what point did you went? You know, I'm pretty good at this. I don't. I mean, people. I think people tell you, right?
1: So they, you you get into these sports. And people go, right, we're gonna try out these two disciplines and you figure out which ones you like quite quickly. Um or which ones where you're you're not sort of like panting and sort of collapsed on the floor by the <laughs> internet. Um and I sort of quickly take uh, took t- t- to the sprint. Um but yeah, a lot of people tell you that. But I I just don't consider it. I just go, Okay, well, you know, this is this is what I do. Um and just sort of as long as I feel comfortable in that then
0: Okay. When you finished third in Rio, what, what was the, what was the goals? What was the mindset after that? The, was Olympic gold always in, you thought was always in your grasp?
1: Personal growth experiences as well. It's like, it's a collective experience, if you like. Um, so I just gone like, right. Okay. Um, that's good. We can just sort of build upon that. And, and each experience that I, I get to go to, um, I'm I'm just gonna, you know, I'll I'll find more out about myself, um, and more importantly, I get to represent um, a disability and sort of people in similar positions to myself on on a global stage, right?
0: Yeah, sure. Now, uh, as an Olympic gold medalist, um, I'm, I'm guessing this has elevated you uh, to to some form of celebrity status, but it also elevates you to somewhat of an ambassador um, for the Paralympic movement. What's happened after uh, Tokyo?
1: Yes, there's there's been uh, a lot of interest, which is good, and I I think there's been a lot of um, amazing reception to the coverage of these games especially you know um both locally and nationally it's been brilliant to see and hear with people's stories of oh, i was in a caravan but i just managed to get like two bars of 4g and watch it <laughs> <laughs> um get through to somebody who might have been in my position before and go look you know just try it out even if it, it's for social reasons yeah. um, and then sort of go from there i think i've done my job But, yeah, um, I've I've had a good response from um, a lot of the... Obviously, my story of of my birth and stuff, a lot of people are getting in touch with neonato Awards and um, staff from there. It's been wonderful to hear the impact they've had on people going through a situation like that.
0: Brilliant. Because you were um, one of, well, many... Uh, medalists over there. Um, mm. We we did really really well. GB did r- well as a country. Why why do you think that is, Andy? Is it is the mentality of the people here is the the opportunities the funding? What's the main driver that we get so many medals?
1: That is a very good question. I think we have a wonderful um, support base in both the the British Paralympic Association and the National Lottery. Do wonders to help. Supporter so we can just sort of get on and help deliver these performances and help sort of um, get these messages out to, to people who may not have been aware of them. And, and a bit like young younger individuals, if they're introduced to this earlier on, you know, it's, it's just, it's the norm and it's, it's wonderful to see
0: yeah and and i suppose it gives a goal to people who are sadly confined maybe to to part of their life in a wheelchair it gives them a goal they see you as a role model if andy if andy small can do it weighing one and a, one pounds uh, six ounces at birth well that, anything's possible
1: well yeah like i say they even take it up just you know it's like not competitively at all just for the social reasons and then you'll meet more people in hopefully in in a similar situation to you. And that almost starts the ball rolling, doesn't it? It's sort of a domino effect then.
0: Yeah, cool. Um, And in in terms of uh, once you've got that medal, where do you keep the medal, by the way?
1: The medal is kept um, locked away in a classified area somewhere in the house. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs)
0: It's it's not on the mantelpiece then.
1: Yeah, but I might might eventually, uh, a long time down the road now, but I I may sit in. Frame them in
0: putting them uh, into frames. Yeah, when you've got the next one as well. Where, where's the next um, Paralympic Games then?
1: Well, the next games, um, luckily for everybody, is a little bit, a little bit closer to home. That's in
0: Paris. Oh right, okay. So do they always follow on where the normal Olympics are?
1: Yes, they do, yeah, that's the plan. So it, that, that basically, when you get
0: the contract in the home city, it's a game. Right, got you. Now uh, then, uh, you live the high life for a month or so, uh, Celebrity yeah. This. You've been on TV, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Say, so, yeah. Um, you were telling me off-air that the party's finished now, the party's over, and you're back to training. What, what does training look like, Andy? How many hours a week do you spend... Uh, doing um, whatever it takes to to keep in shape.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a, a big commitment. It's six days a week, um, but like you say, the parties that have finished now, so I've, I've uh, had all my pieces and things, and I've got back into it as the last week, and I was sort doing a, a pretty intense session, which in the winter, the so winter's a lot of endurance and building up your stamina, ready for the season when you go into sprint and stuff.
0: Right, and uh, when, when's your first um, major event?
1: And I, I can remember thinking to myself, "Gosh, how on earth did I do this before?" I <laughs> <laughs> got off. Um, well, the big one next year really is in the we've got the World Championships in Kobe again. Okay, um, so that's in Japan. Um, it's an area famous for it beef, Kobe beef. today. So.
0: right, okay. So another trip far east then.
1: Yeah, it will be quite nice actually. We never get to to double dip or visit a country um, again, so hopefully it's a bit. We'll be able to explore a little bit this
0: time. Brilliant, fantastic. Well, Andy Small, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Thank you so much for all those little insights. Uh, we'd love to keep in touch with your exploits, uh, the World Championships. W- will you come back again and, and let us know what how the preps going?
1: Oh, definitely,
0: Dave. I mean, thank you for the interest. And no, no, no. It's, it's absolutely our pleasure. And it's been fascinating to hear all about uh, your exploits over there at the uh, Olympic Games. Andy, it's been, like I say, it's absolute pleasure.